Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. Come Holy Spirit. Come in your sovereign life and power. Come and take charge of this meeting, Lord. Come to outwork the purposes that our Heavenly Father has for this time. We call upon you because without you we can't do anything. Without you there can be no blessing, no anointing, no empowering from above. We need you, Holy Spirit. We want you, Holy Spirit, to breathe the breath of God afresh into our lives tonight. And we praise you. We thank you, Father, for this precious gift of your Spirit. Thank you for all that you desire to do in our hearts tonight as we encounter you, as we meet with you and receive from you through your love, your mercy, and your grace. We praise your holy name. Amen. Let's uh, take a seat. Oh, hallelujah. Are you expecting tonight? Yeah, I can leave it. I said, are you expecting tonight? What are you expecting? God does what we expect him to do because that's the outworking of faith. Now, in the history of kingdom faith, there have been certain key scriptures that God has given to us time and time again really because these scriptures embody what God's call is upon our life as those who belong to kingdom faith. And one of those scriptures is from Matthew 6, 33. We all know very well. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, everything else, will be added to you. And Jesus says this within the context of saying, don't be worried about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't even think about tomorrow or, or anything that's going to happen tomorrow. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything is in God's hands, and he will provide for you in every way that is necessary. And of course, it's, this is one of the reasons why this ministry was originally called Kingdom Faith, because of this particular scripture. So we're going to put the focus this evening on the king and his kingdom. Jesus was sent from heaven and he came with the message of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Those two phrases can be used interchangeably. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven 
is the kingdom of God. Now, God's purpose in sending his son was not only to preach about the kingdom, and he did that. This really was always the um, substance of his preaching. It says in the scripture that he never preached without using a parable. And we have many of those parables in the Gospels, and they're parables about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of heaven is like that, and so on. So he preached about the kingdom, but of course he came with the life and the power of the kingdom. And we saw last night that even in the ministry of Jesus, he could only minister that life and that power because of his unity, his fellowship with the Father in heaven. So it was, if, if we put it very crudely, his contact with the Father in heaven that enabled the life of the kingdom of heaven to be actually manifested, revealed here on earth. And that's why Jesus said that he couldn't do anything himself. He couldn't do anything apart from his Father. He was dependent upon the Father so that the life of heaven would flow through his life. We understood all that last night. And of course, what we see Jesus doing is not only preaching about the kingdom of God, but he healed people, he performed miracles, and these are called signs and wonders. Uh, they are signs of the kingdom. And actually the purpose of these signs and wonders was to verify the message of the kingdom. Uh, this, this is the context really within which the healing and the miracles were to take place and still are to take place. We shouldn't uh, try to separate them from the actual good news of the kingdom. God verifies the good news of the kingdom by releasing the life and the power of the kingdom. So this is God's purpose for all of his children everywhere that they understand, first of all, that once we are born again, God has actually given to us the gift of the kingdom. Jesus said to his disciples, Fear not, little flock, your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. Now, this is a truth that nearly all of you will know very well. And he said the kingdom of God is not over there or over here. It's not a place. It's where Jesus reigns. So he said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is within you. So <clears throat> because we are the children of God, he has actually given us the kingdom. And he has put that kingdom within us. Now, the kingdom, the nature of the kingdom, 
is of course a reflection of the nature of the king, the one who reigns and who rules over the kingdom. We were looking at some of the scriptures in the epistle to Hebrews last night. And in Hebrews, Jesus is described as the king of righteousness and the king of peace. So his kingdom is, as Paul puts, puts it, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Spirit of God was given in order to enable God's people here on earth to live the life of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. If we live the life of the kingdom, then the marks of Jesus on our lives will be the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of which the scriptures speak. Now, righteousness means that God has brought us into right standing or right relationship with him. That he is our wisdom from God, our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Now, without going into a long explanation of what that means, actually, if, if obviously many of you were not able to come to our 8 o'clock meetings at Rafi in the morning. But the last two mornings, we've had two absolutely key messages. And I suggest that you download them from the Internet and listen to them. And this morning was explaining how God has opened up the way to heaven for us. I can't repeat all that was said then, but uh, you would be edified, you would really be blessed by listening to those two messages. Now, if, if uh, I can just use this space to explain something. Uh, if we take the lectern here to be the throne of God, God's purpose was to open up the way to heaven for us while we're here on earth. So if, if we take this area here to be the earth, God sent Jesus from heaven, not only with the message, but also with the life of the kingdom of heaven. So the first thing that Jesus says in his public ministry is the time has come, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent and believe the good news. Turn your lives over to God, in other words, and believe the good news that you can now inherit the kingdom of God. So all those who became his disciples became participants in the life of the kingdom. And God's purpose is, of course, for us 
to begin to experience the life of the kingdom now and then to live as those who belong to the kingdom so that eventually we will go into the heavenly place with him and rule and reign with him for all eternity. I think that was worth an hallelujah from everybody, wasn't it? Now, only the grace of God, of course, could enable that. And we would be totally unworthy to go into the heavenly place because only those who are perfect can go to heaven. So Jesus had to do the work to perfect us, to make us righteous, totally acceptable in God's sight, to make us holy like God, to sanctify us, as the scripture says, to bring us to that place where Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning in us in righteousness and peace. So we're living at one with him. Now, although we may do that inadequately and imperfectly, we always have the mercy of God to forgive us for our failings and our sins in order to restore us to the place of righteousness that he brings us into when we're first saved, when we're first born again. So the scripture says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every time we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, we're restored to that state of righteousness and we're back in the place of peace with God. We lose our peace when we go into sin and disobedience. We lose our peace. We lose that sense of unity with God. We, we lose that sense of total well-being that God wants us to have. But praise God, because of his mercy, we can always be restored to that place. We come back and we're forgiven and, and once again, we are at one with him. Now, what Jesus did was to open up a way, like a pathway. I mean, he is the way, isn't he? Now, along this way, as we saw last night, God wants the life of heaven the living water that flows from the throne, to be constantly flowing into our lives. At the same time, he wants us to be constantly coming before his throne, giving ourselves to him, yielding ourselves to him, surrendering ourselves to him, so that we are able to receive that life and take that life out into the world. Now, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? It means that God has called us to fulfill his kingdom purposes. God anoints us with the Holy Spirit to enable us to live the life of the kingdom. But what does it mean to live the life of the kingdom? Well, it means that Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning in our lives so that the will of God can be fulfilled in our lives. But what is that will? That will is that our reason for living is the kingdom of God. The reason why God has saved us, given us the gift of the kingdom, 
is so that we can live for the kingdom. Now, if we live for the kingdom, that does not mean that what we're concerned about is simply coming before God, being blessed by Him, and receiving from Him so that we can be further blessed by Him. The reason why He has given us the power, the life, the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit is so that we can seek first the kingdom of God in our lives. What that means is that we realize that what Jesus Christ has done when he called us and chose us, and we saw last night that's the greatest privilege that anybody could possibly have, he has actually recruited us. He's recruited us for his purposes. And his purpose is to extend the kingdom. And Jesus is not going to come again until his kingdom has been extended on the earth in the way that he has indicated in Scripture. That in every people group there is in the world, there will be those who belong to the kingdom. Every people group all over the world will be ready to receive the king when he comes again. And those who already belong to the kingdom are given the commission to extend the kingdom. So God has recruited you to his purpose to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God to be done on earth which is why he taught us to pray in that way. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the kingdom of God only exists where the will of God is being outworked. Because mm -hmm. the kingdom of God exists where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. Jesus Christ cannot rule and reign where there is sin or where there is disobedience or where there is people living for themselves. He can only reign where people are living for him. And if you live for the king, you live for the kingdom. Because the king's purpose is to extend the kingdom. Now a lot of people pray for revival. And they wonder why God doesn't send revival. And usually that's because they're not praying with the right motive. The only motive that God has for revival is that there's a people that are really intent, I mean they are ready to give their lives for the extension of the kingdom. Are there any believers here tonight? Are we getting this? So God has recruited us for his purpose. Now. You cannot replace his purpose with a purpose of your own. If you listen to the first of those two messages that I referred to, I talk about the difference between the permissive will of God and uh, the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God, of course, is where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. His permissive will is what he allows in our lives 
But what he allows is not what he wants. So he allows certain things because he's given us freedom, he's given us our free will, uh, and he will never interfere with our free will. But his sovereign will is what he wants. So God has to bring every Christian out of living in his permissive will and just what he allows, because that's the way they choose to live, into his sovereign will where they're living for the sake of the king to see his kingdom, his reign, his sovereign reign and rule established more and more on the face of the earth. So kingdom faith exists to extend the kingdom. Doesn't exist to have a church. Doesn't exist to simply plant churches. It exists for the extension of the kingdom. Now part of that will involve the planting of churches. Part of that involves all kinds of other things that you heard Pastor Clive talk about uh, when he spoke on Sunday about the vision of the church for this year. All that really is the vision, is the outworking of God's call upon our lives to see the kingdom of God extended, not only in this nation, but in other nations where we have influence in Israel as we seek to promote a proper understanding of God's purpose for his Jewish people, and so on. All this is part of God's call to see the kingdom of God extended. So when we talk about breakout, as we saw last night, it's the breaking out of the life that God flows into our lives from heaven. It's the breaking out of the life of heaven that he imparts to us. That is the life of the kingdom. That is the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. But the purpose, you see, of him anointing us and filling us with his spirit and of keep refreshing the life of the spirit in our lives and the anointing that is upon us is so that we are better equipped for the extension of his kingdom. So in whatever we're doing in terms of ministry or service to the Lord is actually all part of that purpose that he has. God's sole purpose on the earth is to see his kingdom come and therefore his will being done to see his rule and reign established. Now the scripture says that the whole world is under the power of the evil one. So Jesus came on a rescue mission to rescue people from the dominion of darkness, to rescue them from the God of this age, to rescue them from the corruption of the world, and to bring them into the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's rescued us, and we need to be thankful for that, and to live as those who have been rescued, to live as those who live for the kingdom, and to understand, right, I need more from God to make me a more effective witness of his kingdom. That God would use me more effectively than is happening at present yes. 
so that I'm fulfilling the commission that he has for me as part of his church, as part of the body of Christ on earth, to see the kingdom of God extended. Therefore, God wants us to have a passion, his passion, to see people saved, to see lives transformed, to see people being delivered from darkness, rescued from the enemy's grasp, brought into the kingdom so that they too then can be effective in spreading the kingdom. The sad thing is, and and I know this from experience, long experience, because many years ago now, everywhere I went around this nation and I was leading you know, major meetings all over this nation. I was preaching about the kingdom of God. And you would, be, you would be amazed how many church people, people that regularly had spent their life going to church, how many church people came to me and said, we've never heard teaching like this. Nobody in our church ever speaks about the kingdom. You wonder how on earth that could happen because the whole of God's purpose is focused on the kingdom. But you see, so many people think church, not kingdom. Church meetings, church groups, church societies, church services, church this, church that, and the word kingdom never comes into it. But you see, everything in this church is under the umbrella of the kingdom because it's kingdom, faith, church. And we need to have the faith to see the kingdom of God extended in the way that he desires. So God surely wants to keep on pouring that living water from heaven into our lives so long as it's not going to end with you simply being blessed and receiving. In everything that God does, there's a so that. So he's ready to bless, he's ready to anoint, he's ready to always increase the anointing on our lives and the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can be more effective in seeing the kingdom of God come and the will of God being done. Of course, that has to begin in our own lives, but it doesn't end in our own lives. It's so that wherever we are, we are able to touch the lives of other people with the life of God's kingdom. That we can speak about the kingdom, but we can also perform the signs and wonders of the kingdom. This is why Jesus said, if anyone has faith in me, He would do the same things as I've been doing and greater things still. Greater things still because the Spirit of God is poured out uh, in a way that wasn't possible during the ministry of Jesus. The Spirit could not be given until Jesus had returned to the glory of heaven. And then the, the victorious Spirit of the risen Christ was poured out upon the church in Jerusalem. So here in the world... 
There is a group of people now that possess the life of the kingdom, have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that anointing that God is constantly wanting to increase to make them more and more effective in their, as witnesses of the kingdom and in their ability to see the kingdom of God spread. Now, one of the things that Paul says about the kingdom is it's not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God is, is the power of God where, where he rules and reigns. He reigns in righteousness, in peace, and in the joy of the Holy Spirit so that the power of God can be released into our lives, but then through our lives and into the lives of other people. Now, when the Spirit of God comes upon a people in this way, in the way that God intends, they don't have to strive and struggle and strain to be witnesses. They just become witnesses. You don't have to encourage them to speak about Jesus. They speak about Jesus. They use every opportunity to speak about Jesus because there's such a dynamic of the presence of the Lord Jesus within their lives because of the anointing that's upon them, the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus just pours out of them as naturally as sitting down and having your dinner. It isn't something that you are persuaded to do or you think you ought to do or you must do. You find yourself doing it. Because, you see, the presence of the Lord Jesus by the power of his spirit within you, is so much greater than yourself. You even find yourself doing things that you wouldn't actually choose to do or even feel that you were able to do yourself. But you find them doing it. Now, Paul explains this when he says, the love of God compels us. You see, if you receive this life, this dynamic of the Spirit, everything that God does is done in love. And Paul says that God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That love is just so powerful and so strong, it compels us to do the work of the kingdom. It compels us to speak. It compels us to act. It compels us to pray. It compels us to reach out with other, and, and touch the lives of other people with the power and the presence of Jesus. Are we all at the same meeting here? Now, what we need, you see, is that anointing of God's Spirit, that anointing of His love, to be so strong in our lives that He is compelling us. Now, that doesn't mean He forces us and He makes us do something. It's just that because we love Him so much, we love people so much. And because we love the people, we want to reach them with the gospel. We want, we want to reach them with the life of the kingdom. We want to see them coming out of darkness into light. We live for that. We realize that's the reason why God saved us. That's the reason why he's rescued us, in order that we might now join in his rescue campaign to see the kingdom come and his will done on earth as in heaven. So a transformation happens in people's thinking. 
You know, let your mind be renewed so you know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And our change of thinking is, it's like there's a filter comes into your mind where you begin to think kingdom. All the time you're thinking kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. It's not just about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about Jesus. If, I, if my life is focused on Jesus, it's focused on his kingdom. It's focused on his kingdom purposes. So one of the little parables that Jesus speaks about the kingdom is he says it's like treasure hidden in a field. A man went and sold everything that he had so that he could buy the field and therefore possess the kingdom that was in that field. Jesus didn't say that he was the treasure. He said the kingdom is the treasure. He preached another little parable about a merchant buying the pearl of great price, something so valuable that he, again, sold everything that he had in order to be able to possess this pearl. Now, Jesus isn't saying that we can buy the kingdom. He isn't inferring that. He's just saying that the kingdom is the treasure in our lives. The kingdom is the most precious thing in our lives. That Jesus has come to live in us for his kingdom purposes. And we can only really live for the glory of God. We can only live to fulfill the purpose of God. We can only really love Jesus by living for his kingdom. If we don't live for his kingdom, we don't really live in love for Jesus. Now, God will use different people in different ways to fulfill their particular calling to see the kingdom of God come, to see the will of God being done on earth. He doesn't use everybody in the same way. Some are evangelists. Some are pastors and teachers and helpers and administrators and all kinds of things. Some people are healers and encouragers. The New Testament speaks of so many different ministries, but they all have the common purpose. They are all part of this one reason why God has made you his child, why he's saved you and given you the gift of the Spirit so you can participate in his kingdom purposes. And he knows, God knows well, that those kingdom purposes can only be fulfilled through the power of the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> that's why he said to the disciples when he appeared to them in the risen body before he returned to heaven, don't go out and do anything, even though you know that I've now been raised from the dead. And they, they must have wanted to, you know, go through the streets of Jerusalem saying, he's risen, he's risen, he's overcome death, he's proved, he's demonstrated that he's the Messiah. But Jesus said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do anything until first you've received the power from on high. Until first that living water has been poured into your life. Until I have come to live in you. And you see, this is what he was saying to the disciples at the Last Supper. He said, you're full of grief because I've told you that I'm going to leave you. But actually, you should be rejoicing. You should be rejoicing because I am going to glory where I belong. But you should also be rejoicing because something much better 
than me being with you is about to take place. That the one who is with you will be in you. And when he's in you, you will be much more effective in fulfilling the call to see the kingdom of God extended. Now, of course, Jesus chose 12, didn't he? And um, he taught them and they followed him around and watched what he was doing, which is what a disciple is, really. But it wasn't long before he sent them out. And he said, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received this kingdom, now go and freely give it away. And he didn't only send the 12 out, he sent another 72 out, and no doubt there were many others that during the course of his ministry he sent out to share the life of the kingdom with others. But you see, this demonstrates to us God's purpose, that when we become part of the kingdom, we are then sent. We are sent out in order to take the life of the kingdom into the world, into the lives of other people that at this point in time are not part of that kingdom. And that's why Jesus said before he returned to heaven, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So we, as the children of God, are a sent people. Amen? Amen. This is what it means to be an apostolic people. We are an apostolic church, not by name, but by in reality of what God has called us to be. An apostolic people are a sent people. Sent with the commission that Jesus Christ gives to see the kingdom come and the will of God done on earth. So what God asks of all of us is to devote our lives to the cause of his kingdom. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, as we all will, The issue is not going to be whether we've been saved or not, because praise God, by His grace, we have been saved. But the issue at that time will be what reward we will have. Because Jesus says, each man will be rewarded according to what he has done. So the issue at stake is, well, how fully did you participate in my kingdom purposes since you were saved? How did you devote your life to the cause of my kingdom. You know, there are even people in the business world who earn a lot of money. And they can be used for the cause of the kingdom by creating wealth for the kingdom of God, not just for themselves, but for the kingdom. Releasing sizable amounts of money for the work of the kingdom to support those especially that God calls what we call full-time ministry. There's a sense in which we're all in full-time ministry. There are no, there's no such thing as a part-time Christian. Hello? A Christian is never off duty. It's 24-7, all year round. You're a Christian. So 
You know, you can't go on holiday from the Lord. He'll go on holiday with you. You can never escape from his presence. You know, where can I go from your presence? The psalmist says, I can't flee anywhere from your presence. I can't get away from your presence. Actually, we don't want to get away from his presence, do we? We're very pleased that his presence goes with us because he lives within us. You're even flying in an aircraft and he's up there with you, flying, keeping you safe. Hallelujah, glory, amen. But praise God, we are all going to have to give account as to how we have fulfilled his kingdom purposes. Amen. God will use you in ways totally beyond your understanding or imagining, which is why Paul says, and God is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or imagine, according to that power that is at work within us. We find ourselves doing all kinds of things that in the natural we wouldn't do, simply because of the anointing of God's Spirit that is upon us. I could never have imagined God working in my life in the way that he has, totally, utterly beyond anything I could ever have conceived. But that's God. It's, it's not me. I've seen thousands of people saved. But who knows I didn't save anyone? That God saved them all. You see, it's what he does. We can see him at work. And, and this, is, this is the whole point of anointing, that... the. When, when God anoints us, we see him working. It's not us doing the stuff. He's using us, perhaps, but it's him that's actually doing the stuff. And so all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise belongs to him. We recognize that apart from him, we can do nothing, as Jesus made clear. So I believe God's purpose in these encounter days is to increase the anointing on our lives. He wants to keep imparting to us through his word, by his spirit. Why? For his kingdom purposes. He's not interested in blessing you just to bless you. He doesn't want the blessing to stop there. You know, uh, the Dead Sea is so saline, it can't uh, sustain life. And the reason why is the river flows into it, but there's no outlet. And you see, you can receive from God, but if there's no outlet, you're spiritually dead. No matter what you've received from God, that you're spiritually alive in the way that God intends, when the life that is flowing in is also flowing out. And as the life flows out, so more and more will flow in. And God is always willing to increase the anointing so that more and more can flow out of us. But he's not interested in blessing us so that we can simply conceal the blessing, hold on to the blessing, and just say, thank you, Lord, I'm so blessed. So whatever he does, whatever he imparts, whatever he gives, it's so that 
his kingdom purposes can be extended in our lives. It's a very simple message, very basic message. I trust that most of you are aware of this. So the Holy Spirit is just reminding us of what it's all about. It's not about going to church. It's not about just saying your prayers. It's not about trying to be a spiritual person. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about God's purpose. It's all about seeing the kingdom of God extended. It's all about God living in us to work through us, to break out of our lives with his life and his love and his power. So it's good that we have opportunities to receive further from the Lord. I mentioned last night that the disciples received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which we read about in Acts chapter 2. You only get as far as Acts chapter 4, and they're all being filled again. God actually shakes the building and shows, he's demonstrating that he's not just quickening or enlivening the gift that is already within them, but he's actually from heaven. He's actually pouring out his spirit upon them again. So God doesn't understand the theology which says you can only receive the Holy Spirit once. No, God's purpose is to keep that anointing alive, vibrant, and actually to be increasing that anointing on our lives. So what does God want to do tonight? Well, he doesn't want us just to hear a message about it. He wants to actually anoint us. He wants to increase the anointing. He wants to impart to us. You know, I was ready to have a go last night. I was all fired up. and, And the Lord said, no, 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 no. First of all, we've got to really desire and want and expect and believe but also to understand that he anoints for his purposes, not for ours. It's not for us to do with the anointing what we choose, but for him to do what he chooses. And as I said earlier, there's many, many different ways in which the anointing will be outworked in the lives of other people because God needs variety, which is why Paul says that the the church is the body of Christ and in the body there are many different parts with different functions, but they all work together in unity. And that's the point. So it may be that some of you realize tonight, as many of us did yesterday morning, if we were at Rafi, that we've done many things in our lives that are not necessarily the sovereign will of God. He's allowed them. He's permitted them because he permits us to use our free wills as we choose. But it's time for us to say, no, I'm not living for the permissive will of God. I'm living in the sovereign will of God. I'm living not in what he allows, but in what he wants. And we can be so thankful that what he wants is to keep pouring that fresh oil, 
that living water, keep breathing the life of his spirit into us so that we can be more and more effective in our witness and in all the different kinds of service or ministry that God calls us to. That's why I believe it's, it's good for us to regularly encounter God and say, Lord, anoint me afresh. But in doing that, we first give to the Lord. Jesus had to give his life before he could enter into the glory. And our lives, our bodies, are to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is our spiritual worship. But you see, in giving ourselves, in surrendering ourselves afresh to the Lord, we have to keep doing that, because the sacrifice of surrender is never perfect. Jesus only had to sacrifice himself once because his was a perfect sacrifice. But we have to keep repeating our sacrifice, if you like, our surrender to him, because it's, we never do that perfectly. But what we're surrendering to is not just saying, here, Lord, here is my life, I surrender to you. But we're saying, Lord, I surrender my life for your purposes, for your kingdom purposes. I thank you that you've called me, you've recruited me to be part of your kingdom purpose here on earth. And thank you that your desire is so to work in me and through me that your kingdom will come and your will be done on earth as in, as in heaven. In my life, yes, but also in the lives of other people. You don't have to try to work out how God will do that. You don't have to say, well, I want this kind of ministry or that kind of ministry or you can use me in this way or that way. You can't even say, Lord, don't use me in this way and don't use me in that way. Everything is down to him because we surrender ourselves to him, to his will. So we're going to pray for folks tonight. God wants to bring us to the place where we can just receive fresh anointing without anybody praying for us. But, you know, sometimes it's a help. This is why God invented the laying on of hands. It's a help to, to know that we can receive from God through somebody else touching our lives. Now, let me just explain something about this. It isn't that the power of God is in anybody's hands. God doesn't work by magic. The laying on of hands is given by God to help us realize that at the moment hands are laid on us, a contact 
is being made with heaven. That God is using someone to pour the life of his kingdom, of his spirit, because the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, to pour the life of his kingdom and of his spirit into me. The laying on of hands helps our faith. We believe at that moment, God does it. We're not looking for a feeling or an experience. Sometimes when hands are laid on us, there's a feeling. Sometimes there's an experience. Sometimes the power of God is such it knocks us off our feet and we fall to the floor. And what happens? God often begins to deal with us. We don't need a prophecy from the one who is praying for us because God will actually speak and God will actually deal with us because something vibrant, something new of the Holy Spirit is happening. So we're not trying to resist what God is doing. We're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And, and if, you know, if you go down in the Spirit, praise God. If you don't, praise God. It's not a matter of whether you go down or not. But if you're down there, just listen. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Listen to what God is saying to you. If you don't go down in the Spirit, when you go back to your place, just listen. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because let me tell you, it's much more effective when you hear it directly from Him than when you hear it from anybody else. You know that God has spoken to you. You know this is not something, because you know our prophecy is imperfect. But when you hear it from God, there's nothing imperfect about it. It is the Word of God to you. So praise God. Don't, don't worry about whether you go down or not. There's going to be people to catch people if they go down. But it's not a question whether you go down or not. It's a question of receiving. And the point is this, that when hands laid on you, you believe. At that moment, I'm receiving. I'm receiving the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, the fresh equipping of God to enable me to fulfill his kingdom purposes more effectively in my life. That's what tonight is all about. If you don't want to live for the life of the kingdom, don't ask anybody to pray for you. Because this is not just to bless you for yourself. This is to equip you for God's call upon your life. So praise God. And understand, of course, that um, you also can become an imparter. Not just of the Holy Spirit, but you know the scripture says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He doesn't say they'll get worse. He doesn't say they will stay sick. He says they will recover. Why? Because there's magic in the hands? No. But because that laying on of hands becomes a point of contact between the person who is sick and God, they can believe. At that moment, hands are laid upon me. I believe. I receive the healing. And Jesus said, it's according to your faith. It will be done. But, you know, the laying on of hands tonight is not for healing. That is not the purpose. The purpose is for God to equip us for his kingdom purposes. As a side issue, some people might get healed. 
but that's not what we're about tonight. So don't, don't come forward or don't, you know, stand there waiting for somebody to pray for your healing. We will do that on other occasions. Amen? Amen. But here we're focusing on what the Holy Spirit is laying before us tonight. Why is there going to be breakout? Why is there going to be harvest this year? Because of the anointing. Because of the Holy Spirit. Because God will have a people devoted to his kingdom purposes. And God will show every single one how you can contribute to those kingdom purposes what his specific call upon your life is. And that's all you have to do. You only have to fulfill what he's asking of you. You don't have to try to be like anybody else or to have a ministry like anybody else or to be used like anybody else, but just to allow God to work through you for his life to break out of you in the way that is right to fulfill his purpose for you. So have we got all that? It's all quite simple, isn't it, really? It's exciting, isn't it? Isn't it exciting to know that God is just so generous and so gracious that he's going to do it. He's going to pour out his spirit upon us this evening. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, let's get to our feet and just get out of our chairs, out of our comfort zones, come into the Come into the arena. Come, this is the action area tonight. Hallelujah. Am I the only one that's excited tonight? I mean, I'm excited. But I'm the only one that's excited because everybody else is quiet. Can you get excited about Jesus? Can you start to praise him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's, let's really thank him. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Bless you, bless you, bless you, Lord. Puparazantari alato pakala sato pakala sitri santuma. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now, first of all, thank the Lord that he's rescued you. Come on, what does it mean to be saved? It means you've been rescued. He's rescued you from the dominion of darkness. He's made you a child of the light. You belong to the kingdom of light. Scripture says he's delivered you from darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son he loves. So thank him that he's rescued you from the darkness and he's brought you into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And in that kingdom, 
Jesus Christ rules as sovereign king, king of righteousness, king of peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So just, just submit yourself afresh. Just surrender. Say, Lord, I surrender my life afresh to you as the king in my life, as the one who's going to rule and reign in me and rule and reign through me. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. We can be more excited about this. Yes, thank you, Lord. You've rescued me for your kingdom purposes. Now, can you surrender yourself to him for his kingdom purposes? Lord, I want your kingdom purposes in my life. I want you to rule and reign in me in the way that you desire so that you are able to flow through my life and out of my life. to further your kingdom purposes here in Horsham, in Worthing, in Crawley, and wherever else that you lead us. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you that the kingdom is going to increase this year in Worthing, in Crawley, in Horsham, all over the 25-mile radius. The kingdom is going to increase because of what you're doing tonight. Hora tapara santara basuturi santuma. In these coming months, we're going to be getting out more and more into the 25-mile radius, and we're going to take the life of the kingdom, and we're going to be planting more churches. We're going to see God actually extending that kingdom in ways that we could never imagine at this moment. Because of the anointing. Because we submit ourselves to him for that purpose. Yes, Lord, use me for your kingdom purposes. That's why you rescued me. That's why you chose me. That's why you called me. Not just to belong to your kingdom, but to be devoted to your kingdom purposes. Praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, of course, God has already been using you. It's always good to thank him. Thank you, Lord, for the ways in which you have used me. Thank you for the ways in which I am already your witness. Thank you that by your mercy and grace, you've enabled me to be a blessing to other people. That something of your life and love has already been flowing out of my life and touching the lives of others. Thank you, I'm not like the Dead Sea with no outlet. So I thank you, Lord, for all the ways in which I've been able to share your life and share the truth with others. Lord, I believe that you've probably used me in ways that I don't even know about because of your presence within my life. And I thank you and I praise you and I bless you. But Lord, I want to see more. 
I want to see you use me more. You know, the Lord was saying to me earlier today that what is true about this church at present is we've sown much but reaped little. And now is the time to reap what we have been sowing. Hallelujah. There's going to be a rich harvest of people coming into the kingdom of God. But it's not going to happen by us just praying and expecting people to come to church. It's going to be because we're going to be reaching people. Hallelujah. With the life and the love and the power of the kingdom. Many of you are going to be healing people and working miracles. Seeing miracles when you pray for people. Of all, of all kinds, and you know, that is going to be part of your witness. And some of you have never done that kind of thing before. And, but because of the anointing, the love of God will compel you. You'll just feel moved to do what before you would never have done. Hallelujah. So can you say to the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. I'm available. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Can we just have somebody on the keyboard? Because we just want there to be a, a whole sense of, not of music, but of praise. That actually we are in contact at this moment with heaven. You know, there's music going on in heaven all the time. There's worship going on all the time in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. So keep praising him. Come on, just praise him now. Before we receive, let's give to him in worship. Era la massa la maria lena ma santo Ora la maria lena ma sito di santaria lena ma O papare lero pa cala sito di santo Ora la maria lena ma santo pa cala sino maranta ma O papare lero pa cala sito di santo Alleluia alleluia Bora la massa andaria lena masino ma Era la massa dobaria lena masino ma Ora la numara andaria lena masino ma Alleluia 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 Now we're just going to go on worshiping And I just asked four of us tonight Pastor Clive and Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Gary and myself. We're just going to be moving among you. People aren't going to line up or anything like that. But just as you're worshiping, somebody will come to you. There'll, there'll be someone, if you go down in the spirit, there will be somebody behind you. So you don't have to worry about that or think about that. Just keep your focus on Jesus. 
keep that attitude of surrender to him for his kingdom purposes. You're part of kingdom faith for his kingdom purposes. You're part of the kingdom of God for his kingdom purposes. And the life of the kingdom is going to break out of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are mighty Lord We worship you Just keep that flow of praise Just keep that heart of surrender And believe That when hands are laid upon you You receive Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pura la masandaria lena masanta malena ma.
there's anybody else that needs prayer, just come out of where you are and just stand here where we can see who still needs to be prayed for. the Lord to go on ministering to you. 
ministers from the throne of heaven in the power of an endless life. If anybody hasn't been prayed for, just indicate now, just come forward now, we can pray for you. who needs to be prayed for. Just raise your hand if you... such a sense of God's peace the king of Salem the king of peace has anointed you afresh and praise him no matter what posture you're in now oh Lord you are so good 
you are so good, so faithful, pouring out your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the fresh anointing, for the fresh oil. Use us for your glory, Lord. Each one of us. We're surrendered to your kingdom purposes as the body of Christ in this place. Break out of our lives, Lord. Flow out of our lives as rivers of living water to touch the lives of many others with your kingdom life, your kingdom love, your kingdom power. Thank you, Lord, that you give us kingdom faith, faith to believe, to see your kingdom extended in the 25-mile radius especially in these coming months. We bless you, Lord. Thank you that you have a part for each one of us to play. And we bless you. Thank you for all your grace that will abound in our lives more and more as we see the outworking of your will and purposes. You are so good. You are so good. So faithful. Thank you that you say everyone who asks receives. How much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Thank you that it's your word that everyone who asks receives. So thank you, Lord, that all of us who have asked tonight have received. And we praise you, we bless you, we thank you. We bless your holy name. we pray that we will not be afraid to take opportunities to impart to others what you have imparted to us. Thank you, Lord, that as we step out in faith, so you will honor that faith. And you will move in the lives of other people, even those who don't know you, in order to draw them into your kingdom purposes. And we bless you, we praise you. Perhaps we can just stand and praise the Lord before we close tonight. I believe God's saying that, you know, there are some people that have always thought that God had a purpose for them beyond anything that they'd understood in the past.
tonight God has given you the understanding of what that purpose is. To live for his kingdom purposes. And that's a bit of a relief that now you know what it's all about. It's not just about going to heaven when you die and coming to church and all of that. It's about his kingdom purposes. And you know, it's always good to thank God for what happens before it happens. So can we end with a prayer of faith tonight and say, Lord, I thank you for all the fruit that is going to come in my life because of what you're doing in me tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to cause the, the anointing to continue to increase on my life that I'm going to be changed from glory to glory so that I will become an even greater and more effective witness of your kingdom here on earth. And I praise you, I bless you, I exalt you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, there are a few hundred people here tonight. And Jesus says, you know, the seed that falls into good soil will produce 30, 60, 100 times. If we just accepted the smallest amount, 30, that means as a result of what God has done tonight, 30 times the number of people that are here are going to come into the kingdom of God. Through the way in which God uses all of us, both personally and corporately. If we take the highest number, a hundred times the number of people that are here tonight are going to come into the kingdom of God. Now, do you have faith for 30 or 100? I've got faith for 100. Anybody else got faith for 100? Now, we're not going to do it. He's going to do it, right? He's going to do it. But we thank you, Lord, for multiplication that you've anointed us for this multiplication now. And your kingdom is going to be extended in Horsham, in Worthing, in Crawley, throughout the 25-mile radius, in Israel, in other nations, where we have influence and ministry, all for the glory, praise, and honor of your name. Hallelujah. Can we have a great shout of praise for the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen. It's a sure thing. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Oh, just turn to all those around you before you go and say, it's so good to be part of God's kingdom purposes.
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com. Thank you.